It's Thursday, May 28th. We're studying 2 Peter. We're in 2 Peter chapter 3. We made it to verse number 2. Remember in verse number 1, we were talking here about the second letter. We dealt with that, some of the options there and questions. But my conclusions, in both of them, he says, I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder. And the one thing he's wanting to emphasize here, he's going to say, first of all, down here. So we're talking about the priority thing he wants them to remember. Several things, obviously, in this three-chapter little book. But he says that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of of the Lord and Savior, Christ, of course, through your apostles. So we have a lot to talk about here in terms of these two categories of leaders in the scripture, the vehicles of God's revelatory truth. So the commandments and the predictions. So we have prophetic statements. Of course, prophecy is uh, God using men as mouthpieces and in their writing as a vehicle to relay his message in the styles and vocabularies of human beings. We've paralleled that to the virgin birth. There's a picture there, a great um, analogy, if you will, of the connection of God getting his work done through human agency, and we've seen that through the prophets, and the thing that makes it clear to us is kind of the ongoing miracle of Scripture is that we have things that we know were written before the fulfillment of the prediction. So the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandments, and the commandment, rather, of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. So let's deal with these things. First of all, talking about the holy prophets. Um, of course, The context here had talked about in chapter 2 the false prophets that arose among the people and uh, there will be false teachers among you and that's been the theme for an entire chapter but the false prophets of the Old Testament right is now contrasted with the holy prophets so false prophets and holy prophets these are the things the distinction between the true prophets and the false prophets just like he's trying to make clear and we've tried to make the application throughout chapter 2 of the true teachers and the false teachers. So this is the comparison. Now, the predictions of the holy prophets. Now, there's two things in view here I'm going to argue. And the first thing we need to remember is the echo of where we've been in the book. Matter of fact, we could go back to Peter's first epistle, arguing that it is his second epistle to the same audience. He said, concerning this salvation that he'd been talking about in the first nine verses, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person, right, who was it going to be, or time, when is it going to happen, that the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glory. So all those predictions, when we look at the prophets prophesying or predicting things, uh, was about all the Old Testament prophets prophesying the coming of Christ. So we are to remember those things because he's talked about them. Remember what we saw in chapter 2, I'm sorry, in chapter 1 of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 19, he says, we have the prophetic word which, of course, is referring to the things that we saw in the first epistle. We have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you do well to pay attention. be very smart of you to pay attention to the prophetic word of the Old Testament. As the lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And we dealt with that, the poetic language that is steeped in this text. But we're talking here about the prophetic word, talking about the coming of Christ. This has been the focus that we've seen, at least in the first letter and then throughout Second Peter. Uh, but there's something more here. 
as we'll see. Uh, the connection to the apostles and prophets as he's going to move on here in verse number three, and we'll see that in a minute. Uh, but we want to make this connection here between the prophets and the apostles that are going to be saying the same kinds of predictions about the immediate state of things in the early church that Peter is writing to. But let's just talk for a minute about the connection between these two, these categories. Uh, we see them a lot in Scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, it talks about the fact that we're no longer strangers and aliens, but we're fellow citizens and saints of the members of the household of God. Now, the household of God, this work that God is doing in the New Testament, is built on the foundation. Now, look at these two categories here. Verse 20 says, the apostles and the prophets, and of course, Christ stands alone, himself being the cornerstone. So the apostles, this is the New Testament picture, and the prophets, the Old Testament picture, we see those things in Scripture paralleled together, and yet we know there is a New Testament function of prophet, and yet there is a uh, merging of those things in the apostles. The apostles, uh, the apostolos, that's the, the messenger, the delegate of Christ. He comes with the authority and the message of Christ, and that's the picture of the apostles in the New Testament. So you really could, you're almost being redundant to talk about apostles and prophets, although I think that is clearly in view, as well as the Old Testament, the distinction between the apostles and prophets is uh, not only the difference between Old and New Testament, uh, but then it's merging, of course, at least as the New Testament speaks of the the prophetic um, gift that was given in the New Testament, not only to the apostles, but to others to speak the Word of God. And we have the result uh, not only in their uh, verbal proclamation of God's truth, but the written proclamation of God's truth in the Scriptures. Uh, he gave some, as we see here, as apostles and prophets. There's our two categories again. This is again in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and we talk about those as the foundational gifts. If you remember this passage, just a couple chapters earlier, and then the ongoing gifts of the church planter, called here the evangelist, who bring the message to a new place with the message of the apostles and prophets and the shepherds and teachers. So you can look at these as Old Testament and New Testament. That's one way to look at it, and you can certainly see that in the New Testament church there was also a function of prophet, but oftentimes when we see this distinction Distinction, like in our passage, uh, we can think in terms of Old Testament and New Testament, and they're really testifying to the same things that he's going to unpack as we look at this tomorrow in verse number three. All right, the apostles and the prophets, of course, in Scripture are giving us uh, their credentials as the conduit or avenue, the mouthpiece of God to bring revelation. And we've seen this uh, in our study earlier in 2 Peter, in first. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, we talk about the fact that the Scripture is breathed out by God, and uh, like a word would be, it comes out of God's mouth. It's through the vehicle and the agency, of course, of the human prophet. And it's profitable for teaching and correction and training in righteousness. And we've talked about this phrase here, Scripture, and what's in view. The writings, ta, graphe, the Greek word is like we get the word graphics from it, uh, or graphite because it writes. Um, these are um, words that rep represent the written product of the prophets. And we see in a passage like this that we're talking about the Old Testament. A lot of people say we are always quoting these. Christians are quoting 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, but it seems like that word, the Scripture, is usually referring to the Old Testament. Well, that is true, but it's not the only thing that's in view. And when we talk about the dual um, covenants here, the Old and New Covenant, the Old Testament and the New Testament, we are often distinguishing the vehicle or conduit of that revelation with the two words prophets and apostles, and they can all produce, as we've seen here, or as we're seeing in, in our passage here in 2 Peter chapter 3, they all produce 
the Scripture or the authoritative Word of God. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, talking about the patience. We'll get to this, Lord willing, at the end of chapter 3. The patience of our Lord as salvation, as our beloved brother Paul, Peter says, wrote to you. So here's something written. That's what this means, the written stuff. According to the wisdom God has given him. Of course, using Paul as an agency of his message, as he does in all of his letters. Okay, so he's used to write these letters, and we have several of them in the New Testament, the ones that have been uh, God-breathed. He speaks in them of these matters that he's been talking about in 2 Peter. Some things in them are hard to understand, and certainly there are passages in Paul that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist, and that's been the whole concern of chapter 2 of 2 Peter, to their own destruction, which is a lot of discussion about that, as they do the other, this is an important observation, the other scriptures. Here's our phrase again, the written stuff. The scripture is God-breathed, and we know that. The apostles are the conduit of that information. And the scriptures here, which is inclusive of Paul, uh, we would call him an apostle. Uh, we see the authority of the word of God coming through the apostles and the prophets. And we know this was the promise. John chapter 14, verses 25 and 26, Jesus said in the Upper Room Discourse, These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the parakletos, the Greek word, he'll come alongside and he'll aid the Holy Spirit, specifically, whom the Father will send in my name and my authority. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance, of course the you here and the your are the apostles sitting there in the Upper Room, the 11 uh, apostles, uh, they'll bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Now, why is that important? Because Jesus had been saying throughout his ministry, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Well, we need those recorded. We need those written. We need the truth of Christ to be uh, proclaimed and exposited and expounded upon by an agency. And the agency in the context of John 14 are the apostles. John chapter 16 Verse 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, we're still in the upper room discourse as Jesus is talking to the apostles before he goes uh, to the cross. He will guide you into all truth. Right, That's what we're claiming is the product of Scripture. He will speak not in his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So the Father's going to reveal, Christ is going to reveal, and the Spirit of God is going to declare to you the things that are to come. There's the predictive part as we see in the commandment coming through not only the uh, predictions of the prophets, but also the commandment of the apostles. All right. So predictions. What are the predictions? Well, the predictions, there's lots of them, of course, uh, but the predictions specifically in context are he's going to say, first of all, let's talk about the thing that came as a prediction through the commandment uh, of the apostles and the predictions of the prophets. Well, what is it? That scoffers are going to come. This is a a um, highlight, a uh, parallel, a synonym for who has been described in Second Peter as a false teacher. They will come in the last days, which is the period between the ascension in Acts uh, chapter 1 and the return of Christ when he comes back, following their own sinful desires. And if you've been with me on this study, you know this has been the focus of really distinguishing how we know we've got a false teacher. You look at their lives and eventually time will tell they're in it for themselves. This is about their own prosperity and their own advancement. Well, this was predicted by the prophets in the Old Testament. This is the specific prophecies in mind. I talked about the Christological messianic prophecies. That's certainly something we've seen echoed in the background in Peter's writings, but specifically he's going to call our attention to the predictive prophecies of the Old Testament that are going to give us this warning that we're going to get in verse 3 and following. The Lord said, for instance, here's one example of many, uh, Jeremiah 14, 14, the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. So these are false prophets, obviously. I did not send them, nor did I command them, 
or speak to them. I didn't reveal anything to them. They are prophesying to you a lying vision. These are the false prophets. This was the warning and the prediction through the holy prophets. Of course, there's a lot more they predicted, but I think immediately contextually in view, we're talking about the predictions that there is going to be false teachers. That's how it all started in chapter 2, 2 Peter 2, 1, right? There's false prophets in the Old Testament. There's going to be false teachers among you. And I think that is what is in view here too, the apostles. What did they give us. Well, Matthew, for instance, who sat there in the upper room, gave us this in Matthew 7.15, the quotation from Christ and the commandment that came through Christ. And this, by the way, is an imperative verb. It is a command. Beware of what? False prophets. That's what's going on in the book of 2 Peter. It has been predicted. There will be people following their own sinful desires, 2 Peter 3.3. And he says they're going to be uh, coming to you in sheep's clothing. That's why they're going to be hard to discern sometimes. But inwardly, we've quoted this many times in our study, they're ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by the things that they do, their sinful desires, which you can see also in Jeremiah, by the way, as he unpacks this, so as well as Ezekiel and other passages that warn of the false prophets. They are great. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? No, you're going to watch their fruit. You're going to eventually see they're in it for themselves. So the predictions that are in view, the predictions of the prophets and the predictions of the apostles. It's a command to beware the false prophets are coming to those uh, who read and study the authoritative information from the Old and New Testament, which of course was unfolding in Peter's day, even as Paul was writing these letters, and God was using him with the wisdom that was granted to him, just like the other scriptures, those commands were perverted, not just I mean, obviously the commands to be aware of the false teachers, but commands in general, and we see that uh, as a warning here in our passage. So this sets us up for where we're going, and we'll get into that, Lord willing, tomorrow in verse number three, some of the specifics about the things that they are going to warn of. They're going to say, where's the promise of his coming? They're going to say in verse three, they're going to scoff about the promises of God. They're going to be very much about the here and now and not the there and then, and we'll deal with that in more detail tomorrow, Lord willing. Thanks for watching been with us a long time now. I hope most of you have verse by verse through 2 Peter. I hope it's an advantage and an encouragement and some kind of resource for you that you can use and pass on. And I would encourage you, even today, if this has been helpful for you in any way, take this link and share it with other people, whether it's the podcast, the audio, or the visual here on some uh, resource, some platform that you're watching it on. Please pass it along. We'd love for this to be a help to more than just our inner circle here at Compass. So get it out there, and we'll see more people studying God's Word, and that's a great thing. And we'll be back tomorrow to study God's Word some more. We'll see you then.